Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. If you've been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I. Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, <coughs> Philip Slavin. Joining me is my co-host, as usual, who seems to be choking to death. Chris Ross, are you okay? I am okay. We can redo that if you want. No, no, we're going to leave it be because it's amusing to me. And this is how we're going to start 2020. We're going to be 2020. We're going to make 1012 raw. We're just going to let stuff go because it takes less time to edit and I'm lazy and have too much on my plate. And this podcast is hard to make, man. Yeah, people, editing a podcast is not easy. It takes a long time. It's 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 crazy, especially if you like just nitpick over the audio wave and, and just keep going over it. it. It takes forever. For every like 10 minutes you record, it, it probably takes four hours to edit. Like people who, do, okay, I'm not as bad as you are. Like I'm not. But people who think, who like complain about audio quality, look, we're not sitting in Bristol with a beautiful sound studio and multiple producers and editors to help get this crap out. I do this in my office, in my free time, late at night while I'm tired and my child is asleep and trying to get to bed as quickly as I can. So for those who listen on a regular basis, thank you. I appreciate it. For those who don't grab about the audio quality, I appreciate you as well. For that one guy who left a comment complaining about it. I know it's not perfect. I'm doing my best here, okay? Let's just let's just move on. It is 2020. We are here in the new year. Very excited. We're going to have a few changes, and we're going to talk about those in a minute, kind of the way we're doing things. Um, and let's just, let's just start with this. Uh, we are going to cut down to two episodes a week moving forward. Um, 
This podcast is a lot of work to do. I do this for fun. I love doing this and I want to continue to love doing this. So to de-stress my life, we're going to cut one out. But that also means that we can put a little bit more time into it, more time into planning, more time into research, more time into doing fun things afterwards and trying to get some fun audio clips and ways to promote the show. Um, We just, I want this show to be the best it can. And if that means doing two awesome episodes as opposed to three really good episodes, yes, I think they're, my episodes are pretty good. um, Then that's, then I think that's, that's what we're going to do moving forward. So kind of the way we're going to run this, um, as most of you listened before, Andy Mitz has been a a, a constant contributor. I'm going to have him kind of become my co-host once a week uh, for basketball episodes because it's basketball season, folks. We're going to talk a lot about basketball and conference play starts on Saturday. So obviously we are now in the meat of college basketball for the Big 12. And then Chris is going to help out with the rest of the other episode each week, uh, which will mostly be football, though we will tap into the other sports as we go. Football, uh, a lot, uh, obviously baseball, women's soccer, golf, whatever I feel like talking about uh, that week, especially if there's a story worth mentioning. So that's kind of where we're going. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts or comments about that, let me know. Um, that's, I think that's that's it. I just, I like yeah. doing this show. I, mean, I want to continue not, to enjoy it. Yeah. We're not feeding our families with this show. This is this is very much <laughs> a labor of love. And so, I can't get a snack with this show. <laughs> exactly. So we have to really be cognizant and, and, and be sure that we're not spreading ourselves too thin for our families. And so we're going to dial it back. You know, football offseason, basketball is firing up. But we're going to dial it back uh, a, a bit and kind of we'll relook at it in the fall to see how it's going. But for now, two episodes a week is probably pretty good. I think so. I think y'all... Look, we have very little listeners. I appreciate all of you guys who talk to us on Twitter. Obviously, if you don't yet, follow us, 1012 podcast at T in the number 12, the word podcast. Um, I try and tweet as much as I can. Again, it's I have, I've neglected it a bit. And granted, it's the holidays, you know, but we're going to try and be better on it. Uh, I just want to try and find some, some more big name guests. I love our guests. That's not a shot at our guests whatsoever. We have some brilliant guests who come on. Love every single one of them, especially the ones that come on time and time again, who are always there when we call upon them to help us out. Um, but I think I think we we want to try and bring in some people that are new to the pod. We want to get some new voices on the show and try and get some that might move the needle a little bit. Not Again, not a shot at any of our guests. I love our guests. They are absolutely fantastic. But there is a difference between Shea Han and, say, like a sitting coach. Yeah. I, just, I think we can all agree with that. So hey, um, that's what we're going to out like that. I just, I went with one of the biggest <laughs> names we have, and he is one of the biggest names and guests we have. Like, I mean, honestly, when you're writing for Dave Campbell's, like, you're a, you're a marquee. When you're getting called on, like, radio shows and things on a regular basis, and then we get him on our lowly podcast, I yeah. feel pretty hey, good when we get Shayhan. For, for the record, Shayhan, I, I love having you on. Shayhan doesn't listen to this show. He's got, he's got too many things to do other than listen to us ramble. <laughs> okay, so, um, obviously... Football season is over for the Big 12. Uh, the conference went 1-5 and five in bowl games. And two quick thoughts, and Chris, I'll let you go after this. One, if we're going to ride other conferences for doing lousy in bowl games, we kind of have to just admit that this was a really piss-poor showing for the Big 12. And I understand that they were dogs in every game, and I understand that most of these teams are going up against ranked opponents when they themselves were not ranked and going into games where they were overmatched. But even still, you tend to see Big 12 teams kind of rise to the occasion. And yet, 
I, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Oklahoma State blows a lead. Kansas State looks bad at the end. Iowa State gets thumped. Um, I thought Texas obviously was very impressive. Oklahoma just got railroaded, though I have a thought on that and why it might not be as that the fact that they were in the playoff is is incredibly impressive considering I don't think this was that great of an Oklahoma team. And that's more of a shot of maybe we really should have seen that OU wasn't as good. It's just that the rest of the Big 12 was was down this season. So OU was able to take advantage of that. But I mean, this is the best coaching job I've seen from Lincoln Riley was this year. Like, period. That they he got them to another Big 12 title and to the playoff. I mean, that aside... The Big 12 did not look good. And I mean, they, it's not just that they lost and went 1-5. They looked bad in a lot of these games, Chris. Like, they looked really bad. Well, I'm, I'm going to call out RJ Young here because on, on Twitter he put, you know, this quote, this Podunk conference is 0-4 in bowl games. It could very well be 0-6 by midnight, by midnight tomorrow. The Big 12 is going to get dragged in every relevant conversation around college football. And I refuse to defend this trash display. You know, I, I get the sentiment. Like, I'm not. I, I don't think it's a, a a bad take or a terrible take. I just think it's an ignorant take. You have to, uh, because I I feel like that is going to be the national narrative. If if you hate hearing it, that will be the national narrative. There's nothing we can do about it. But no one seemed to care when the Big Twelve went like five and one last year in bulls. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about it. But when you have two seven and five. Big 12 teams playing top 15 opponents that have 10 plus wins. What did you think was going to happen? This was not a good matchup that we were barely favored. The Big 12 was barely favored in one game. They and weren't I favored in it. No, no, no. They weren't favored in any game. Well, when it closed, when I we, thought it was like half a point. Kansas, Kansas okay. State was favored by like half a point, right? Because when we, when we recorded ours, no one, no one was a favorite. No, no one. Yeah. No, I think Kansas State closed at like half a favorite, which half a point as a favorite, which is basically even, you know, it, it wasn't going to be good. The fact that Texas handled Utah is everything the conference could have wanted. I mean, one in five with that kind of lineup is that was realistic. That's what was going to happen because they were mismatches and there were mismatches for a reason. The reason there is mismatches mismatches is because of, it was an off year for the Sugar Bowl. When the, the Big 12 has an automatic bid to the Sugar Bowl, except for when it's in the college football playoff. So when it's in the playoff, then you have to make the playoff to play in the Sugar Bowl. But the Big 12 does not have an automatic bid to the New Year's, New Year's Six Bowls when the Sugar Bowl is in the playoff. When the Sugar Bowl is not in the playoff, like this year, the Big 12 has an automatic bid to that bowl. So when OU made the playoff, Baylor was guaranteed the Sugar Bowl. So that bumped everybody up, right? And, and to your point, no, absolutely. I think it was very clear that one through three were cut above everybody else in college football. And OU deservingly deserved that fourth spot. I don't think anything mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were just not at the same level as Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU. And we can talk more about that game specifically because I know that it was super ugly for the Sooners and uh, embarrassing display on national TV. But I'm not that worried about it. I'm really not. There's a reason for it, uh, but I'll let you kind of take over. Well, I mean, here's one props to Baylor. 
Um, I, I don't think even if mm-hmm. the bad, horrible calls, the missed pass interference that was so friggin' blatant. And my favorite one is Baylor getting called for holding on a return that should have been a 15-yard personal foul penalty because the Georgia player dragged him down by his face mask and held him there by his face mask. And then somehow the ref saw the Baylor player and threw the flag for the Baylor player, which was just utterly ridiculous. Even if those things go the right way, I don't think Baylor wins the Sugar Bowl. But if you came away from that game and didn't say that Baylor's defense really is legit, that that is a really good defense this year, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Matt Rule has a very well-coached team. I hope Charlie Brewer can play football again, but good grief, that kid has gone through way too much, way too many concussions. Like, if he said he was retiring for football tomorrow, it wouldn't shock me, and I'd be okay with it because, man, oh, man, I hope he can just stay out of a wheelchair when he's 35. But that was a good Baylor team who got beat by and outclassed by a more talented Georgia team. That was it. More Texas, talented, bigger, just overall they're outmatched. But Baylor's yeah. a bunch of dogs. They have a work yeah. ethic. And it mm-hmm. showed. that It kept them in the game. And and yes, I hate, I absolutely hate saying that a bad call changes the game when you can't guarantee everything after that call would happen the exact same way. But the reality right. is that pass interference, the no-call pass interference, more than likely results in a touchdown on that very play uh, mm-hmm. because he was going away from, from the corner. That would, you give the Baylors a touchdown there because LSU immediately went down and scored after that. And then it was kind of now, now LSU was looking to step on the throat, looking to step on the gas before the end of the half there. And that was kind of rough. Uh, that was, that was really tough for, for Baylor to overcome. They did come out in the second half and immediately uh, drive the field and score, which was a good sign. But Baylor, uh, you know, overall, you you have to say this season has been incredible for them. It, it was not ex- this was above expectations to go to the Super oh, yeah. Bowl. So, oh, yeah. I mean, nothing nothing but respect for that squad. Uh, props to Texas, who, despite losing, uh, well, having a giant reshuffling of their coaching staff, goes out and just manhandles Utah and looked like the Texas that we expected this year and the Texas from the beginning of the season. This is why, folks, we kept saying Texas has been banged up all year. It's why their record is what it is. Like, you have to take into consideration they replaced a lot of guys on defense and then had a lot of injuries. It kind of derailed the season. I don't think they were as bad as their record was this year, just like I don't think they were as good as the record was last year. Next year for Texas, and I'm let me just let me one thing before the next one. They're going to be pre- overrated in the preseason rankings. They are. They're going to be like 12th, and they shouldn't be. But I do think Texas will have a better season next year. We can talk about the coaching hires later because I actually really like the Urich hire, and Oklahoma State fans are going to be like, "No, oh, he's terrible," and I'm going to be like, "You're all idiots." But whatever, it's fine. Give a guy who basically had two top 10 offenses to, you know, his last two years at Oklahoma state, give him more five-star players. And yeah, surely he's going to suck there. Um, But I thought Texas, I thought Texas proved that this season was not a, a, an accurate telling of, of what this team was the beginning of the year where they played as well as they did against LSU. And then there were their curb stomping Utah. I think, It also tells me, because the Big 12 has really done some wild things in the Alamo Bowl, that the Big 12 is better than the Pac-12. They still are. Like I think the Pac-12 is that far behind the Big 12. I'm just just going to go ahead and say that. Like If you want to think the Big 12 was down this year, I think the Pac-12 is still that far behind the Big 12. Like, But whatever. Say la vie. 
Yeah, for whatever conversation there was about Oregon, Utah deserving to be in over Oklahoma and Baylor, uh, I think that ended, right? I mean, that's, that's over. Because Texas, again, this this is kind of the unique matchup where it was probably more even than the other ones because while everybody got bumped up into a better bowl, it gave Texas you know time to get healthy. And so they're a lot better team than just your typical 7-5 and five team. So them being healthy kind of uh, let them get back to where preseason expectations were. You're absolutely right about that. And I think it's clear that the Longhorns were just a lot better than Utah. Okay, I'm just going to sign out because I'm like scrolling Twitter as we do this stuff. All the Oklahoma State defensive backs are tweeting out a Canadian flag and it's got OSU fans like losing their mind. Because Is it about Chuba? No, it's about Amon Ogbong Bamika, who's a linebacker for Oklahoma State on the defensive side. They're all just tweeting about him and trolling Oklahoma State fans, and it is an absolute riot. It is cracking me up because OSU fans are losing their mind. Like, are they talking about Chuba? They're talking about Chuba? No. There's another Canadian on the roster, folks, on the defense. His name is Eamon Ogbong Bamiga, which I don't understand why people have had such a hard time saying Ogbong Bamiga. I've been able to say it all year. It's not that hard. There are far more difficult names to say than Ogbong Bamiga. Ogbong Bamiga. Ogbong Bamiga. See? It's not hard. Anyways. Uh, I'm definitely not trying. That's fine. <laughs> It's not that hard. It's not. Okay. Uh, so I, I come away from this bowl season. I, as an OSU fan, I was disappointed because they blew a 14 point lead to, to Texas A&M. Um, I was a little disappointed in Kansas state because I thought they would put on a better performance than they, than they did. To be honest, I like Navy's good. It's not a shot at Navy. Navy is a, is a good team. It's also, I think unique because this was the, you know, according to the Vegas, the big 12's best chance at a win but even in itself was a stylistic kind of nightmare for the Wildcats. While we thought they were kind of equipped for that triple option, it's still not something they see a lot of. And so, and I think that kind of showed in the game that, you know, Navy did some things that Kansas State just wasn't prepared for, or if they were prepared for, they still couldn't stop it. And, uh, you know, guys make misreads, they, they commit to the wrong guy. It, it's really hard unless you practice for it on a regular basis. Yeah, well, but you also had a ton of time to prepare. So, all that's like, like, I act like they had a week to get ready for it. I, sure. You know, uh, so. Um, speaking of the bowls, speaking of the bowls, um, I don't, to wrap up this whole bowl talk, I don't, people are going to use the bowls against the Big 12 next season. And I always hate that. Like, I think it's so stupid. There's always like two or three teams that, get preseason ranked way too high because of a bowl game performance, which is just the the dumb. Like, let's forget the 12 games that came before the last game of the season and decide who this team's going to be next year based off of one bowl game. If that's not the most asinine thing that happens every year to make a team ranked in the top 25 who's not a top 25 team, it's that. Sorry, Texas did it last year and got preseason ranked number like 11. So you guys know it happens. Just on the reverse of that is bowl records get held against teams. I think it's kind of stupid because I don't, yes, the Big 12 is down this year. But do I think that they're that bad? No. And so I look forward to next year and it, and it tells me a couple of things. One, the non-conference as always is going to be very important. The first couple of weeks of the season are going to be very important in setting the narrative for, for how people view the Big 12. And whereas... The Big 12 didn't do great in non-conference last this past season, partially because the non-conference slate was full of garbage. They didn't play anybody. And the only team of any note they played was Texas, and they lost to LSU. Outside of that, nobody played anybody. I mean, did anybody play? Let's see, Mississippi State went to a bowl game. 
Um, Boston College did. I mean, they just got, I mean, obliterated by Cincinnati, boss like Cincinnati, mm-hmm. which tells you all you need to know about Boston College. Well, I know their head coach is gone, but that's well, the point. You know, kind of looking at these bowl game matchups, and you look at what I talked about with the Big 12 about everybody got kind of bumped up, right? If you take a look at the Pac-12, who they, you know, they did not make the playoffs, so they had a, a spot in the Rose Bowl there um, with, with Oregon making it to the Rose Bowl, but it created matchups for them that favored them. They went like four and two, or, or I don't They did fairly well in the Bulls, but, you know, they got... You know, a ten or a twelve and two team against a ten and four team. They got an eight and five team against a six and seven team. Now they're one huge advantage, an eleven and three team against an eight and five team. Texas completely messed up their eleven and three team. So that kind of tells you everything about how getting those bowl advantages uh, when you have these conferences and, and how the playoff has kind of messed with that. This is not like it was pre-playoff where it was fairly even matchups across the board. The playoff is kind of um, depending on what year and, and who gets in and who doesn't, can kind of trickle down so the, to, and, and have an impact on the entire outlook for the conference. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Look, it's the bowl season. Um, you can't read too much into it. We really need to not. That doesn't mean we can't have some takeaways from it, mm-hmm. but you can't read too much into the bowl season. And, and you certainly can't look and say, this is what happened in a bowl game, so this is what we can determine about next year. Rosters are not going to look the same. New guys are coming in. Other guys are going out. Coaching changes are happening. Like, you can take away things from bowl games sometimes, but you can't read too much into it. Like, this bowl game tells us so much about what's coming up next year. Like, it's the. No, it doesn't. That bowl game has to deal with this past season we just saw. It has very, very little to do with the next season upcoming. Okay. Now, like I said, I want to talk about non-conference next year because i want to look ahead a little bit because you know that's what we're on we're on to that we can sit here and keep talking about oh like i think oklahoma's fine i think this was the rebuilding year we said this was we said this was going to potentially be ou's rebuilding year and in what was essentially a rebuilding year with a transfer quarterback who wasn't very good at the end of the season i'm not like i'm not saying jalen Hurts wasn't a good quarterback but wasn't that good at the end of the season still managed to win the Big 12 and make it to the playoff. Like, that's very impressive. It benefited that the rest of the Big 12 was obviously down, but it's still impressive. I think it was a really good job. Bye. Before we get to the non-con, let's talk about OU's game. Because they got just whipped, right? And that's going to be the narrative. The Big 12, again, Oklahoma shows up to the playoff, does nothing, and they were just whipped by LSU. You know... I'm not super worried about the final score. It was clear LSU was the better team. It was kind of clear going into that that those three teams were better than OU. I did think that OU had a chance uh, by being disrespected, uh, you know, leading up to the game. But if you're not focused for the playoff, then what are you going to be focused for, right? So LSU was ready. And they did something. They took advantage of a hole. They found a hole early in, in OU's uh, secondary, and they abused it. They continually went after guys that were being subbed in freshmen with very little experience. They went after those guys right away and they just kept doing it. And there was just nothing OU could do about it. There's no adjustment that you're going to make that makes your, your defensive back suddenly better, right? They, they got (laughs) abused by a squad that just simply outclassed them and LSU. 
They're in the playoff. They did what they had to do. They found a hole. They exploited it, and they exploited it, and they exploited it time and time again, which ran up the score and made it look really ugly. But if OU can shore up that one position group, then then it's an entirely different game. No, I agree. Look, you've seen a lot of DBs entering the transfer portal Oklahoma. Why do you think that is? Like, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're like, I'm really worried about all these defensive backs who are entering the transfer portal. Why? A lot of them are guys who can't see the field. If you're already concerned about the guys that are playing, why would you be worried about the guys who can't even get on the field from leaving? This is a new guys are coming in, new guys are going to be taking those spots, and they're trying to rebuild this different defense. And this is the other thing about the transfer portal. You can get mad about the transfer portal if you want and say, oh, players shouldn't have to, they should have to. I promise you, some of these guys are leaving these schools because the writing is on the wall. They're not going to play there. They're not going to start. They may never get off of special teams. And if you're mad at a player because, like, it's so funny. Like, you're okay with a guy leaving if he's not good enough to play, but you're mad about, like, just, They're, no. they're not headed to Alabama. They're not headed to LSU, Ohio no. State. That, no. Yeah. No, they're not. These guys are going to be at, at, at other power five, lower tier power five schools, and and group of five schools, and that's fine. They're sure they can compete, but OU needs an improvement there, and that's what they're working to do. I would be shocked to see them bring in a couple of, of, of grad transfers at that position just to help bolster it for a year, but I think they have some young guys they've been brought in that they like, and they, they can, they're they seeing the development of. And I look, this. I'm really curious what OU looks like next year. Um, I think 2021 is the year for OU. That's the... We've talked. I don't know if we talk about it on this pod, but it, it's shown that if you want to be an actual contender for the national championship, the the schools that are doing that have had at least three straight years of like top five, top ten recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. Okay, OU is that roster. The depth on that roster is not quite. It's still not quite there, and you saw that this year. I think Spencer Rattler is going to be awesome. I think he's going to be in his first season playing. I think you are going to see a lot of guys who are transferring out and going to the NFL and you're losing. I know you're losing CD. I know there's a lot of talented wide receivers there, but I, I think OU is probably going to win the big 12 again next year, but I think there's still one more season of that. I think 2021 is the year where you look at OU and go, this is where we find out if OU can do it. Like this is going to be the year OU is legitimately ready to contend for a national championship. I don't think it's 2020. I still think 2020 OU will be the, the the top of the Big 12. I think OU's back in the Big 12 championship game, and until someone knocks them out, I'm not going to pick otherwise. Um, I do have an interesting prediction, though. I think that they will see a fourth different team in the Big 12 championship game next year. I'm not ready to say who yet, but that's my fun little nugget for next year because they've seen three different ones so far. I think we'll see a fourth. Yay. But... I've uh, it. The future is bright for OU. Like this was the down year for OU, and they still won the Big Twelve, and they still won. They still went to the playoff. Yeah, they get embarrassed, but they were still the the fourth team that deserved to be there. Like there wasn't anybody else who you can say, well, so and so would have performed better. That doesn't matter. Like that's that has that shouldn't have merit on who deserves to be there. Virginia was a one seed and got knocked out by a sixteen in the NCAA tournament. Should Virginia not have been in the NCAA tournament because they lost to a sixteen seed? No basing who does and doesn't deserve to be somewhere based off the how the results of the game went is stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it shouldn't be held against them, but it absolutely will be in the national narrative. And that national narrative, how much does that influence the committee? You know, how much of them watching ESPN 
to kind of get a, a beat on these teams as, as they watch the games. How much does that matter? We saw, I mean, the, the national narrative absolutely matters. So it, it's hard to say that it shouldn't, that it won't be held against o, OU. I, I don't think it should be, um, but I'm not confident it won't be. Well, but now here's why I want to talk. Here's why I want to talk a little bit of next year. Be I don't want this to go too long. Um, this is why non-conference matters. This is why non-conference matters so much. If, and this is why we disagree on this, but whatever, you should play some good teams in non-conference because it helps establish the narrative that you want moving forward. Because all the bowl season talk win. is gone. Yes, stop. Like, if... Stop. Oh, oh, so how, how did a tough non-conference... Which school benefited from that this season? Um, LSU got the one seed in part no, because uh, in the Big Twelve, no one played a tough non-conference except Texas, and it didn't matter. Exactly, it didn't matter. Baylor got in the Sugar Bowl. It didn't matter that they played three cupcakes. You know, who, had Baylor, you know who won, wished they played three cupcakes? West Virginia and TCU. Had they not played Missouri, had they not played SMU, they're going bowling. My counter to that is. The better argument is, had Oregon not played Auburn and played an FCS team instead, would they be in the playoff right now? Or, and this is the thing where they the, did, the, the they, tar- they did, they okay. So here's the thing: we're talking about three games versus four. They play three non-conference games. They play four non-conference games. They play three. Pac-12 plays nine conference game schedule. Oh, I thought you said Auburn. No, no, no. I said Oregon. Oh, okay, gotcha. I, I, I Oregon gotcha. have been in the playoff. That's where I got backwards. Okay, had they not played Auburn. But the counter to that, I always say, is this. Part of the narrative about Oregon being as good as they were up until the point they lost Arizona State and being ranked as high as they did is because of how well they performed against Auburn, even in the loss. So, look, we are going to disagree on this. It's fine. It's whatever. But if you want to change the national narrative on the Big 12 next season, the opportunity to do so is right there in those non-conference games. And OU, I think their non-conference schedule is better. You get Army again, but you get Tennessee. And Tennessee is an upgrade over UCLA right now. Okay, is an SEC team. It's at home. But Tennessee is still continuing to trend in the upward direction enough that beating Tennessee and curb stomping them, which I think they will, is a good thing, is going to help. You have Baylor playing a legitimate non-conference game against Ole Miss in Houston. You get Iowa State, who will lose to Iowa because they don't care about football until Big 12 play starts, according to what everyone thinks about Matt Campbell. Oklahoma State's playing Oregon State, who's trending in the right direction. TCU gets Cal on the road. Texas gets another shot at LSU, who won't have Joe Burrow next year. Texas Tech gets Arizona. West Virginia gets Florida State and Maryland. Like, there are so many opportunities here. Well, we're getting into the schedule that when the Big 12 mandated, they have to play a power five opponent um, we're getting into that part of the schedule because, you know, all these games are scheduled four or five years out in advance. So, I mean, I know, you know, but it's uh, we're getting into the meat of that, right? So into, into those matchups that are good, but I, I feel like when you already play nine round robin conference games, all power five opponents, and then you add a 10th power five opponent and you need six wins to go bowling. It's uh, it's tough. I get it. I understand. We just agree to disagree. That's fine. Um, but if we're going to talk about national narrative. I Do you think Baylor gets the same national narrative for, for losing to Auburn that Oregon got? 
Had they performed like that? Yes. I don't. Because, so. no, I do. Because, and here's why. Oregon was in a similar spot of like Oregon was ranked, but people didn't have as high of expectations of Oregon as they did after that game because of how well they played in that game. If Baylor, who wasn't on the national stage at all, had come in and played that well against Auburn, everyone would have gone, oh, maybe Baylor is good. And Baylor would have been given more credit early on and been ranked earlier on than they were. Like, I, I disagree entirely. Sometimes this is why it's okay. You don't want two losses. I get it. Until they expand to eight. But right now, losing a marquee non-conference game, close, like Oregon did, can be used to benefit you. Now, granted, you got to win out, and I, but, you know, that's or, Oregon had nothing on their schedule to support the loss. They didn't have another win against a winning opponent. You know, that that's, that's tough. You can't say because they lost to a really good team that we think that they're good, even though they don't have any wins to support that. That's where you lose me. I understand that losses matter. Like when you look at, if you're comparing like even teams and wins, but important wins, big wins have to mean something. You can think another team is better, but if they don't have the, the resume to support that argument, then you there at a certain point, this has to be about deserving. Otherwise, what's the point of, of playing on the field? If you're just going to take the other guy anyway, like, I mean, it, this goes back to putting Ohio State in the playoff over Penn State. Penn State got it done on the field. They won the Big Ten. Why are they not in? Because I'm not saying people, I understand. I, it's I'm kind of going off on a tangent, and I get it. Yeah, we're having but, two conversations sure. here again. I, I get it. So I'm not trying. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you or anything like that. It just it, it irks me the wrong way because I feel like what happens on the field has to matter, and if it's a loss, it's a loss, and you can't say. You can't say Oregon losing to Auburn gives them credit, but LSU curb stopping OU. You think how much credit would OU get in the regular season for that? No, they they would almost you, you get know, none. No, exactly, no, no, you get no credit. Exactly, but, that, that, but we both know that it was one simple issue that that changed that game, right? Like that one thing that LSU did to keep exploiting that changed that game. Well, you can score either, and and not to mention that we see all the time. Look at how Texas played LSU. And then who won the Red River rivalry? You know, I, so I hate that 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 a close loss means something because you there's no it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Clo- winning big it doesn't winning, mean everything. It doesn't. But I, and I didn't say it did. But it, it, you take that and compare it to them blowing the teams out that they were beating the way they were beating as they moved on. It does tell us something. But a like lot of can, teams we see a lot of teams blow out bad competition. That's all we see out of like Boise State and UCF because the, all they do is play crap teams and they have to get up for one big game. Right. And, and a lot of teams can do that. A lot, a lot of teams across the country can do that. It's playing these p- opponents week in, week out that those teams can't do. But it's, it, I'm not saying it's everything. I'm saying it's part of the narrative of your season. And you can set, you can change the, some minds and have the opportunity to do so. It's not just about a close loss. It's how, how did that loss go? Was it because the other team played poorly and. And you just and they happen to escape, or is it two teams played really, really well and one of them lost? Like it's not as simple. As, okay, we're getting we're this is a rabbit hole we've sunk down into, and it wasn't the point of this conversation. This thing's starting to go along, even if we're it's for Friday. Okay, so let's just wrap this up on this. Um, I win, you lose, and I will take my six point uh, my six pack of beer now. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, so, so you don't want to? You gotta tell me what you like. Um, you know, are, I'm gonna, are, I'm do you like a stout? That. Do you like an amber? Do you like a do you like an ale? 
a pilsner like what no no sours okay um it is it is winter time sure and in the winter i do enjoy some porters and some stouts so i will take something that is not see-through and i will let you surprise me okay okay so just so everyone knows uh bowl picks that we made which was our last episode we put out uh, i went four and two uh Covering uh, correctly picking Oklahoma State to cover and picking Notre Dame, as well as hitting on the under on Baylor, Georgia, and the under on Kansas State Navy, which was absolutely never in question, not even close to the 52 and a half, which was hilarious. Uh, I got the Baylor, Georgia under by a point and a half, which I'm real proud of. Uh, I got you, uh, I picked Utah incorrectly and Oklahoma to cover the 14. They didn't get close to that. Uh, Chris was correct on OSU covering. He was correct on Notre Dame, and he was correct on Texas. Good job there. But he got Kansas State, uh, Baylor, and Oklahoma wrong. So with that, final standings for the year on our picks. I was 41, 42, and 1. Chris was 39, 44, and 2. And uh, I, uh, you were correct. You said like week three, you had, you had a giant lead, and you're like, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to blow this lead, and Phillip's going to come back and win. And I didn't believe you at the time. But you were correct. So you can take some... Yeah. Some 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 goodness away from the fact that knowing that you were correct, that you would blow it, and I would win, and I will How take away that. How many games do I get for that? How um, many games do I get for that? You that get half six. a game, <laughs> which still uh, has you not as a winner. So <laughs> I won by what two and a half? Yeah, two and a half. Somehow, okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm sorry, but that's, that's how the, that's how it works. I would say uh, I've been, been humbled, fun. but, uh, I haven't. You weren't. So I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm being, I'm trying not to be too obnoxious here. Um, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy my six pack and I will make sure and send you photos as I drink them. Each one. Okay. I, I have some ideas. Uh, Anthem, if you're out there, give me a call. so um just to recap uh the big 12 sucks uh we should just burn the whole conference to the ground because they went one and five in bowl games that matter the most of all the games uh this is this podcast is going to two episodes a week Uh, we're gonna start that next week i haven't decided which days we will release on yet Um, probably one early and then one later in the week so just keep your eyes on the show um, if you have not subscribed you might want to go ahead and do so whatever way you like to digest your podcast go ahead and hit the subscribe button also hit the rate and review five stars please it helps us get the word out about the show uh, and don't forget to follow us on twitter at 1012 podcast t-e-n the number 12 the word podcast and uh, yeah football season may be over but that's no reason not to keep up with your team go and check out the land grant gauntlet the lgg.com to your source for all things big 12 football i am philip he is chris and uh, we will talk to you guys again next week Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Sports Social Podcast Network.